musculoskeletal pain in psoriasis. Hello, Jack here, rheumatology physio, and I am back with another paper today. Here we go, I've printed it out. Um, I'm outside today because I'm moving house and there's boxes everywhere. Stay tuned to the end of the video for the perils of trying to record from a hammock. Had a bit of a mishap, never mind. So this paper, I'm just going to read the title here, is called, titled Musculoskeletal Pain in Psoriasis, Relation to Inflammation and Additional Value of Ultrasound in Psoriatic Arthritis Classification. So there's a few things about this paper. If you are super interested in ultrasound and you do that kind of thing, then there's some really interesting comments around what you're looking for in inflammatory joint disease on ultrasound. So you can have a look at that. That's not what we're going to talk about in this video. We're also not going to talk about the classification system. I'm not a rheumatologist. I don't need to classify psoriatic arthritis. What we're really looking for is can we use this information to recognize psoriatic arthritis outside of that rheumatology clinic? So we're going to go through the paper. I'm going to pick out a couple of interesting bits and I'm going to give you some of my tips at the end as well. So first of all, let's just talk about what they did in the paper. They sent out a questionnaire to lots and lots of people with psoriasis and they got some responses back. They then categorized these people into two groups. There was people with psoriasis without pain and people with psoriasis with pain. Now what was really interesting is that when the people who had responded psoriasis no pain came into the clinic for assessment they then reported pain. So there are some challenges there but I don't think it really affects us too much when we're taking what I want to take from this paper. So what they then did was after they split these two groups into skin psoriasis, pain, skin psoriasis, no pain, they then did some clinical, some radiological and some blood testing on these patients just to see what they could find and pull out any differences. They compared these then with patient reported outcome measures and this is where this classification system started to come in. They had classification of clinical assessment and patient reported outcome measure and then they had the same thing but plus the ultrasound and that's what they were particularly interested in. So to start off with their clinical exam was extensive. They asked the normal questions about their psoriasis, uh, about whether they had family history, that kind of thing. Then they asked all about amna amnestic <laughs> features. I have no idea, no idea what that is. I'm just going to Google that. Um, so, anamnestic. <laughs> I hate rheumatology sometimes. Anamnestic features. So, this means denoting an enhanced reaction of. Uh, I can't even read now. I've tried to do this. Denoting an enhanced reaction of the body's immune system to an antigen which is related to one previously encountered. I feel like we need a video to explore what that word means. Anyway, they class these as joint swelling, joint stiffness, joint pain, enthesis pain, inflammatory back pain, unspecific MSK pain, dactylitis, uveitis, inflammatory bowel disease, um, and so what I'm thinking is that they're saying the antibodies that are causing the psoriasis, then you're getting an elevated response to those antibodies that have previously been encountered, which are then causing these other inflammatory symptoms, emphysitis, inflammatory bowel disease, um, joint swelling. I think if someone can explain it to me, I'd be very grateful. 
Okay, then they continued their clinical exam. This is where it gets really quite detailed. So they looked at 16 entheses, the tenderness of 16 entheses, uh, so eight on each side of the body. Um, swollen joint count for 66 joints, tender joint count for 68 joints, um, a fibromyalgia tender point count for some reason. Um, and then they also did a skin assessment using a PASI score um, and then uh, overall um, psoriatic arthritis disease activity on a visual analog score as well which was done by the physician which is another odd one so they I think they just measured on a VAS out of 10 how bad they thought the psoriatic arthritis was which I've not heard of before then they went on to do a 90-minute ultrasonography exam where they basically just looked at every single joint to see what they could find. So probably not useful in clinical practice. Okay, so on to the interesting stuff, what they actually found that we can use. So they had 126 patients that they categorised. They ended up with a third category, which was patients already diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. Anyway, so they had psoriasis with no pain, 36 patients psoriasis with pain 79 patients so they had quite a few more painful patients than non-painful patients interestingly the age was a little bit older than i would expect average age of 57 but they're broadly speaking for between 44 and 68 um, so like i say a little bit older than i was expecting but that was the same across both groups most of what they then found was pretty similar um, from an objective exam point of view they didn't find much difference between those groups from all of those clinical exams the tenderness um the physicians guessing how bad their disease was the bloods all of that nothing nothing really stood out but one thing did stand out to me and that's joint stiffness this is reported joint stiffness so let me get these numbers correct in the no pain group there was only three percent so only one patient reported joint stiffness in the painful group, 21 or 27%, so 21 total people reported it, but 27% noted joint stiffness. So that's interesting. We'll come back to that in a minute. Otherwise, they all looked very, very similar. Now, what they then went on to show was that the ultrasound findings that we discussed when they ultrasounded every single joint, it seems like, in the body over an hour and a half, they found a relationship between much more inflammatory change on the ultrasound in the psoriasis with pain group than they did in the psoriasis without pain group. So this brings us on then to what are we going to take from this paper? I'm not an ultrasonographer, not going to try and tell ultrasonographers or MSK therapists that do ultrasonography what to do, but I think we can use some of this information. So let's say we've got a patient, they come in to see you, they've got knee pain and they've got psoriasis. It's a single joint, they're 50 plus we're not really going to jump to psoriatic arthritis as the cause for that joint pain it's it's a single joint let's say it doesn't even have any particular inflammatory features i think we can be fairly confident we don't need to go ultrasounding or further investigating that patient now let's say the patient comes in and they've got multiple joints so both knees are painful now we've suddenly got bilateral disease. Are we going to go further and investigate that in a psoriasis patient? Without any further inflammatory clues, probably not. 
Now, in the psoriasis without pain group, of which there were 36 patients, remember, 13 then said they had pain when they came in and were in front of the clinician, but only one reported joint stiffness. So what I think we're really looking for is this stiffness component. So let's say a patient comes in, they've got knee pain and it doesn't seem particularly inflammatory, it's not swollen, anything like that, um, but they, see, they report significant stiffness. I think at that point we're probably worth investigating. Don't forget we've still got delays to diagnosis in spondyloarthritis, so we are missing these and it is worth picking these patients up without over-investigating. Now, I realise that what I'm doing here is conflating correlation and causation. However, I'm trying to find some trends in this paper and to what we can do in clinical practice to make it a bit more likely that we can be a bit more accurate. Now, of course, if a patient with psoriasis attends the clinic and they've got very inflammatory looking joint, inflammatory symptoms, it's stiff, especially worst in the morning, it's better with activity, not improved by rest, it responds really nicely to anti-inflammatories, then we're going to refer them on to rheumatology. But I'm talking about these more fringe patients where the clinical reasoning is a bit more difficult. Patient attends with psoriasis, maybe they've got bilateral knee pain and the differential diagnosis between osteoarthritis and psoriatic arthritis, both might have a degree of swelling, but we're really looking for that stiffness component. So if you are getting a patient reporting stiffness, I think we would further investigate that patient. And then I think we would, without the stiffness, we would leave them in peace, and maybe treat them as osteoarthritis. Obviously, if more joints are involved or it's emphasitic in nature, those tendons involved, then I would be thinking more along the lines of psoriatic arthritis. What I think is really interesting here as well is the ultrasound exam was quite reasonably conclusive to find these inflammatory changes so that might be if you're sat on the fence with regards to what this differential diagnosis is or in fact you do ultrasound in your clinic I think ultrasounding the painful joints is probably a good idea and if you see inflammatory change off they go to rheumatology if you don't you can treat those patients accordingly so a really interesting paper I think it helps a little bit on those fringe cases where we're really struggling with our differential diagnosis Please let me know what you think below, comment on the video, let me know what your clinical reasoning process is. Have you used ultrasound in the past to investigate these patients? Are you gonna start using ultrasound to investigate these patients? So I'll see you out on some more videos. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can of course find me on all of the podcast channels, just type rheumatology physio into Spotify, iTunes, Google, whatever you fancy, and it comes up there. You can subscribe and listen to the audio do head to the website rheumatology.physio, loads of free stuff on there, blogs and all what's it, plus courses and other learning stuff that we can do together. See you next time.